Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. And I am Cowboy Tom. We are Team Binge. Welcome yeah. back. Thank you for that. <laughs> Welcome back to episode six of mm-hmm. Outer Range. Range. This range, is Vin range. Diesel's favorite episode, The Family. The Family. Oh, hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> Salute, me familia. That's like four different languages. Um, yeah, we're back. It's episode six. You know how many episodes we have to go, Tom? Two more. Do you think I'm counting those down must. those episodes until we get to some sort of finale? <laughs> of course not. I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this ride, much like Rhett loves riding a bucking roo. Uh, I'm here to ride this bucking show until it's bucking finish because it's driving me fucking insane. Uh, this episode, I feel like, I don't know, it's been quite bananas throughout, but this one just took it to another level, and I still love the family dynamic stuff. I love Brolin, I love the different things that family's going through, and it kind of it brings it into some really interesting ideas, uh, especially, I think, a little bit with this episode and Amy and kind of how she's seeing things as a kid. But, like, man, does it just get so bonkers and out there and i get it for like a time traveling weird show but i think they're just really struggling at like juxtaposing those two different genres and yeah i'm with you this hasn't most like two or three episodes most recent have not been quite as uh entertaining i should say well that's half of the six then tom so that tells you something (laughs) um here's my question for you if you removed all of like the supernatural elements like Mm -hmm. do you think you'd still find this show compelling just about the ranch, like the land dispute, the murder. Like if you took that stuff and you took out the weirdness and the time, timey wimey, I hate you. <laughs> You're welcome. Two minutes in. Do you think you'd find it? You, you think you'd find it interesting? Obviously, they'd, they'd have to add some stuff, but like, yeah, no, I think it would be because I love the cast of characters. I think all the actors are phenomenal in their individual roles. But yeah, I get I get taken out of this show because like I like sci-fi and I like that genre and I thought it would kind of pair well. But the way they're doing it, they're not giving you much of the mystery. It kind of reminds me a bit of Lost where they just love throwing out random stuff at you without giving you any sort of answers. And we've only got two episodes left um, and like you said, I don't I don't know what kind of conclusion this is going to give us, but hopefully it's it's satisfying. Yeah, hopefully it's not just hey, we're going to be back for season two, and we're going to give you no more <laughs> answers before you re up your Prime membership and watch us again. <laughs> I asked that question simply so I could answer it, which is mm-hmm. the thing I enjoy most about the show is like the characters, the family, those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could go watch Yellowstone, but there's something that's a little bit more grounded. <laughs> this is a weird thing to say. This show is more <laughs> grounded than Yellowstone. I don't know if you've ever watched Yellowstone, but Yellowstone is like drama to the max, where this one is, you know, some drama, but it's rooted in reality until you throw the void and the time and the animals mm-hmm. and that stuff in it. Anyway, so mm-hmm. the things I do like are the characters, the family. I'm going to give a big shout out to Rhett because much like you, <laughs> I recently watched the second Top Gun movie. And for those of <laughs> yeah. you that don't know, Lewis Pullman, who plays Rhett, is in Top Gun 2, whatever, Top Gun mm-hmm. Maverick. And yeah, he, he plays, plays Bob. a great character. <laughs> it's called Science Bob. <laughs> 
<laughs> they don't explain it, right? They never. It's just nope. all sons Bob. It's just Bob. <laughs> Anyways, he's great in that. Um, a very different character too, which I thought was funny. Like, mm-hmm. anyways, yeah. so let's kick this off, Tom. Let's dive into the void a little bit here, mm-hmm. and we start with Autumn at the void. It's night. She wants her necklace from Royal, and Royal shows up not on a horse, but Royal's on a quad this time with some LED headlights, yeah. four wheels, a seat, handlebars, everything a quad, <laughs> everything you want in a quad, this guy's got. <laughs> and um, I guess he offers to give her a ride? Is that, is that, is yeah, that where this whole he's thing a gentleman. starts? He's a gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> he's a gentleman yeah, she's, I don't where know. she's like, oh, I want my necklace. And he's like, yeah, I crushed it. I'm a gentleman. Get on the quad. Well, he says that later after she flies off the quad. Uh, he starts off being seemingly kind, saying, oh, yeah, I'll take you back to your camp, and I got your necklace, and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, he goes, you know, quite crazy here in this sequence. And it, I don't know, this it started off kind of interesting. I was like, man, he has gone off the deep end, and he is, like, threatening her and all this stuff. But I don't know. I don't know if any of this stuff was really earned because they don't follow up with it too much. Yeah, I don't know. I was just bothered by the quad violence against women. I don't think shows, <laughs> shows should do that. But he did crush her necklace. That's something else I'm against, crushing necklaces. And she knows about the mineral. She's like, it's Mm -hmm. a special mineral. It's on your land. She very deep, like, I don't know. How does she know this stuff already? Like, he's the only one that's dealt with it. But she's, like, going in about, oh, it, you know, it's about different dimensions. Like, you can measure things, and you should be able to measure time. Like... I don't know. She goes into this and I wasn't quite I wasn't quite aware of how deep she'd gone down the rabbit hole on the mineral or where she was pulling this information from. Maybe she's watching outer range. Maybe she's also on episode <laughs> six and she's got as much info as we have. I don't know. Well, we don't know clearly Royal knows the idea of like you put your hand in the hole or when he crushes mineral he gets this <laughs> substance on him. Um, and it starts to like overtake, Sorry. <laughs> it like overtakes him. And then he goes forward through time. I, I, I don't know. Do you think she's been curious and she's done it and she's seen like this stuff go on her and then she kind of knows cause she, again, she does just put on a lot more about, she knows about the mineral. There's more mineral on your land. She knows it's connected to the hole or the void somehow. I just don't understand what she knows. I don't know what she knows because she is an unreliable character in the sense that there are Mm -hmm. times they make her like go off the deep end or seem crazy. And that's, I'm not trying to offend her in any way, but the show makes Mm -hmm. it that way. But then the show also gives her this insight. And so you don't know what she knows. And so, I don't know. She went into some things here and I was like, how do you know that? Your necklace was intact. You don't own a vice. And then Royal very quickly tells her to leave his family alone. And he says, leave them alone or I shall throw you from this quad. No, he says, leave them alone or I will kill you, I think. Which is the equivalent of being thrown from a quad. It's pretty aggressive. And then just leaves her there, right? He just just leaves leaves her there. He leaves her so that she can meet who? Uh, a bear, Mr. Bear. Yeah, you know the the royal family bear or the Abbott family bear, Bobby Bear. We call him. Is this? I guess we'll get to it. But is this the assumption? Is this is Mama Bear to the baby bear that uh, CC is playing with? 
Tom, I cannot say this enough or too loudly. I do not know what is happening with any of the animals in the show other than the horses okay. that are being ridden. I have no idea. I do not understand. A bear talks in this episode. I don't know what's happening with the animals. I've never been one to be an animal whisperer. Some might say I'm not very good with animals, but in this show, I do not understand what's happening. Royal leaves her to the bear. He then burns her cam, which... When a tent's made of fabric, I think five gallons of gasoline is overkill. That's just me. <laughs> like, those tents are pretty flammable. Like, uh, I don't, it's like nylon. I don't think you need much to, but he's like, he's like, gas, you can tell this is an older show because gasoline doesn't cost $6 um, <laughs> because he's willing to set five gallons of it on fire just to burn a tent down. All I could think yeah, about like- was how much gas he spent on that tent fire. <laughs> He makes like a little Molotov cocktail for like a two-person tent. It seemed overkill. It was also um, a tent okay. I gotta ask. Books. Set the books on. Yeah. Oh wait, never mind. Don't set books on fire. Don't set books on fire. Yeah. Um, why is Royal so crazy here? Like, why? Why not just tell Autumn the truth and be like open and honest with her? Because like he just went in forward in time, seemingly made a connection with her during this time jump. Like, why not bring that up? Why not? have an open conversation as opposed to just keep threatening to murder her oh you mean why not communicate in a tv show and just get angry and force the story along i don't know tom um because what the last episode ended with him dying on the floor in the forward back right that he moved forward with is that he what's... sees it yes he crushes he crushes the necklace Minerals get on him. He sees a very quick deal of him in the barn and then her going and just saying Royal, I think. She just repeats his name. I guess he's upset because she's there at his death and she knows or he knows that she kicked him off the ladder while he was painting the barn and that's how he dies. <laughs> I don't know. I assumed he, I assumed it was from something about the family talking with her because he's very adamant that she needs to stay away from his family. Um, mm-hmm. He's like, don't talk to my family and don't kick ladders when I'm on them. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I have no idea. Is he just like in a rock and a hard place in terms of he knows she knows too much, so he can't like kick her off the land. So he's just trying to do all these bailed threats. Or do you think he would actually go through with it? No, I, well, I mean, he pretty violently throws her off that quad. So there's, there's a joke you just said between a rock and a hard place. There's a joke somewhere having to deal with minerals and voids and being between them and time, but I'm not clever enough to come up with it. So those of you that know what the joke is and you can feel it right now and you're screaming it at your car radio, you can write us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. Tom, the theme of this episode is I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. I have a lot of questions. I, I know the answers now. I typically, uh, I typically will fake it, you know, in this situation. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. We then okay. find ourselves on the front porch of the DA. Uh, I believe his name is Kirkland. Is that right? Yeah, he works for uh, Costco. Okay, he's Costco. <laughs> Costco, certainly a member. Um, and she's telling him, and this is Sheriff Joy, that Perry and Rhett, she wants to make an arrest, you know, he had a hamburger in his stomach. They said he ate a hamburger that night. Um, the body and the scene are clean because of rain. There was heavy rain that night. I was like, yep, yep, she's got him. She's got him dead to rights. That 
dead mm-hmm. burger meat in his tummy and that hard rain. <laughs> Uh, that'll get him every time. And then she's like, oh, 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 oh um, uh, just a side note. Uh, the coroner <laughs> said the body had been uh, dead only eight hours and the fight occurred four <laughs> days uh, earlier. So, uh, but I would like that warrant and the, the prosecution <laughs> papers, please. <laughs> I like her reasoning case. too. It's like, the coroner is just wrong. Like, she doesn't have any reason for it. And this has just got to be so tough because clearly she's cracked this case. She she knows it. She solved it. But um, like the DA says here, like, he's got um, going through a not trial. What is he going through? Oh, a he's new got vote an, or... They've both got elections coming up. Tom, yes. Tom, thank if you. ever you want to pressure a public <laughs> official, just remind them that there's an election either soon or within the next six years. Uh, and then they get all weird. <laughs> Yeah, so he didn't want to put his uh, livelihood on the line. Um, so because yeah, the he's Abbots not are prosecute. popular, right? Abbots are popular, so prosecuting their two boys, certainly prosecuting someone who's like the storyline has been his wife is missing and he's a sad sack yeah. of a human that's mm-hmm. quietly murdering people. <laughs> uh, no one wants that guy prosecuted, you know? Yeah. So, I well listen as a man of faith sometimes science is wrong so when she said the coroner was just wrong I was like maybe she's got a point maybe she's got a point and in this case she's actually right so boom science take that but uh, I mean th- but this is like my point earlier I think I said in the last episode that she could be as right as rain in this but it does not matter because of that evidence yeah and no, that's going to exonerate you right, were right in, ten in internet points to Tom ten. Internet points to Tom. Don't spend Thank you. all on those websites you go to. All right. Uh, so the case kind of falls apart there on the doorstep. And then we cut to, uh, I think, the same hotel that they were. Yeah, because the last scene ended mm-hmm. with these two wrestling at the hotel. And this is them waking <laughs> up from the wrestling. And Correct. They are putting on, like, after you wrestle, you put on your sweats. So they are putting on their sweats to leave. <laughs> yes. And they, we get some more, like, sad violin music kind of going on. Because we got, like, some really weird, angry violin music when they were wrestling. Um, so it kind of continued on that little vein. Not sure what that means, but I guess they're just establishing some music for this. Well, we're supposed to be sad. Dysfunctional relationship? That, yeah, we're supposed to be sad that she's sneaking away from the wrestling match. I'm assuming having won. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so I agree. I love sad violin music after wrestling matches. Write it down. (laughs) Sheriff Joy. Oh, I didn't catch this and maybe I'm just bad, but I didn't, I didn't realize Sheriff Joy had a daughter. I think they do a brief cut in the pilot where it has her wife and daughter like getting ready for school or something like that before Sheriff Joy heads in her car to like go to the, the station. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, all these people are great. I love what they're doing. I was just like, wait, did I miss something here? Uh, which I apparently did. Amy mm-hmm. watches Royal sleep on the couch, and she wants to know why Grandpa Royal is sleeping <laughs> on the couch when she's talking with Perry in the truck. Mm-hmm. And this is where Amy realizes that grown-ups lie and that secret secrets <laughs> are no fun. Secret <laughs> secrets hurt someone. As the <laughs> lady stripper in the office told us, and it's never yes. left me. 
Uh, but Amy's got a good line here where she kind of says, or, or like Perry's trying to explain it away, saying, you know, you know, grownups do this to hide it to, you know, prevent people from getting hurt. And then Amy's like, well, not knowing hurts too, which I thought was a very good line and very fair from young Amy's perspective. Right, because Amy is bothered that none of the grownups are telling her that what's going on, and she's like, why do mm-hmm. people keep secrets? And he's like, well, we're trying to spare people feelings. He's like, that's why we don't tell people about our murders. <laughs> <laughs> and Amy's like I, Amy's Amy's on board because Amy is also in on it. We're then in church, and this show, <laughs> this show's got a real sunny outlook on people that go to church, but that's okay. <laughs> There's a weird memorial in the back for Rebecca. At first, I thought we were at like a service for Rebecca because they show her picture. Mm-hmm. And it's Perry and Amy there. And then we, and then I realized that I guess it was Sunday service uh, that they're all at. Um, mm-hmm. But did you, like, were you confused for a second there when it started? Not necessarily. I feel it? like, yeah, I mean, I just kind of accepted it. I, I think what they're doing here is they need an excuse to show us his face front and center. Mm. Uh, because she has to appear in this, in this series. Like, she's got to come back in the next two episodes, I would imagine. So I think they wanted to give us something to show us exactly what she looks like. We've gotten some like offhanded looks at her, but not like a good a good look. So yeah, I think the idea is like while she's been missing, church just keeps this thing up and they can light a candle every time they, they come to service. Yeah, just so you know, in the back of every church is not a picture of missing family members. <laughs> That's not okay. necessarily I'm not saying it's not like done places, but it's not like there's a smorgasbord of a collage, I will say, of pictures of people missing. Um, what if, let me throw this theory at you. Uh, what if Rebecca, it's Rebecca, right? Rebecca's missing. Rebecca. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. What if Rebecca fell through the hole, went through time, but she went to someplace like really fun. Like she's in like, (laughs) I don't know, like new Orleans during Mardi Gras. And like, like (laughs) the finale of this is her showing up and she's just like, you know, she's all like decked out in Mardi Gras stuff, and she's like, "I've had the greatest time." Do you know where I were? Like, she just doesn't realize what's happening. She doesn't have a cell phone. She doesn't have a credit card. But she's just like living her best life. And she's like, "Guess what? I was right. We shouldn't live in this state." Have you ever been to Nolens? Uh, and you know, that's that's my hope for Rebecca. That's where I'm at. Um, that would be nice if she if she was having a good time. I do feel that, you know, even if she doesn't have a phone, she might, like, maybe get a pay phone or borrow a phone from, like, the hotel, maybe checking out her daughter. I don't know. Go to one like, of those, what, nine months? Go to an internet cafe and pay for an hour of internet <laughs> in order to send an electronic mail. Yeah, that's probably fair. The assumption is, though, she would go forward in time, correct, if she did go through this hole? You don't think they and have Mardi Gras back? in the future, Tom? Mardi Gras is never going <laughs> to well, die. That's, that's my point. Maybe she was at Mardi Gras like 20 years in the future and she tried to look up Perry. She tried to look up Amy and both of them were nowhere to be found. So sure. she just decided, all right, I'm in New Orleans now. This is this is who I am. <laughs> and she like bought a shop uh, on the avenue where all the people ride on floats. <laughs> all right. Those are my theories. Uh, I'm saying all of this to stall for this awkward moment where... Uh, the pastor asked Cher of Joy and her wife, uh, Martha, I believe it's her name's Martha, uh, to stand mm-hmm. up. And <laughs> they did tell right her. By the way, pretty, right pretty when hard. this guy stands up, yeah. like he's just old, he just seems 
very homophobic and like he gives us he starts it out very like oh loving and nice and you know welcome and then boom just has to cut into marriage being between a man and a woman and again very very unfortunate very unfortunate in my mind i was like that could have been worse (laughs) there could have been some worse things said (laughs) not great not a great moment but it could have been worse but yeah i uh i don't know I don't know what to say about this other than to say it was awkward and I felt bad for Sheriff Joy and Martha. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah. Is this where Autumn, do we then cut to Autumn waking up after, oh no, she's like limping through the forest um, mm-hmm. after being thrown from the ATV uh, and Royal drinks the grape juice. Uh, and then Cecilia, who's still having a, you know, a crisis of, faith and guilt um she can't do it is that why is it just still all the guilt of the body and trying to cover up for her family that's why she's like losing her faith and doesn't feel like she can take communion here yeah i think it's tough to be like it's it's tough to like accept forgiveness and accept uh accept forgiveness when you have not confessed to something terrible like that's mm-hmm. essentially it's um you know so yeah i think that's what's happening there is a lot of guilt built up she knows they've done something wrong um mm-hmm. and she just feels that uh that division and i think until she can you know admit guilt um or ask for forgiveness or make it right mm-hmm. essentially i don't think she's gonna find that way back so yeah um I don't think she, like, all of a sudden has an allergy to grape juice, but that would be interesting. <laughs> Maybe it was, well, I'm glad they don't do banana juice for communion, because otherwise <laughs> Sheriff Joy would be in trouble. The bananas are going to come back in some way, right? The bananas are going to... I don't know. No. They were all dressed in yellow at the end. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Just like the banana in pajamas walking down the stairs. Um, <laughs> Autumn happens upon a bear. What does the bear happen upon Autumn? Uh, the bear happens upon Autumn. Our good friend Barrett brought up this point where the ATV ride was not that long, uh, but Autumn seems to be like lost in the woods for days, like or like she has <laughs> traveled like miles, but she's really not on that quad for very long before he flicks her off. So um, they make this seem like she is on some long trek. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. She probably has a concussion and things are confusing when you're concussed. <laughs> Going around in circles. Um, but she's not concussed enough to not know the defensive play when being <laughs> approached by a bear. Which you, as a Dwight Schrute disciple, know <laughs> yes. all the defense mechanisms. So, Tom, mm-hmm. we're going to go to Dwight's corner, which is you mm-hmm. channeling Dwight Schrute. And you're going to tell us all about bear defense you have the floor Mike. yes senpai thank you um <laughs> while we were watching this i figured or my wife said you know what this episode might be a little bit crazy but you know if nothing else in this podcast you can teach people about bear defense <laughs> so <laughs> if and when somebody encounters a bear at least we'll we'll provide some facts from wikipedia okay so general bear defense uh this is a tactic of playing dead which is what autumn does here but in general you should remain calm you should stand your ground, 
and slowly wave your arms just to like let the bear know that you're a human and that you're capable of movement i guess i don't know exactly what the details are but from what i've like what i've read in the past was like you're supposed to like be a bear and get big and scream and yell and loud um but apparently that's not necessarily what you're supposed to do if a bear does stand it doesn't necessarily mean that the bear is being threatening the bear might just be curious and want to like sniff you and get like a closer closer smell so don't necessarily take that for a threat what I found very funny when I was looking at bear facts, if it is a brown or grizzly bear, the suggestion is to play dead on your stomach and spread your legs wide so that way the bear can't like easily flip you over onto your onto your back. However, if you run into a black bear, it says very specifically, do not play dead. Seek shelter and attack its face and muzzle. So it is very important for you to be able to tell the difference between a brown or grizzly bear and a black bear. I never ran into the bear in the wild. I feel like knowing the exact color of a bear, I'm hoping I'd be able to, to know that. But I'll, all I would say is know the region you're going into and know if it's a black or brown bear because that could be life or death. Sure. And this has been Bear Attack Corner. Bear Attack Corner. Very nice, Tom. Very nice. Yeah, my two cents to this is from what I understand, brown and grizzly bears are more aggressive. So like you cannot scare them off, but black bears are a little bit more timid. So the idea there is to, like, scare them away, where grizzly mm-hmm. bear, you just have to lay there and let him eat you. <laughs> but, no, I appreciate you you learning that. Um, your other options are, uh, at all times, in any environment, carry bear mace. Um, a canister <laughs> yes. of bear mace while you're on the subway in New York. A, car- a canister <laughs> of bear mace while you're on the subway in Wisconsin. Um, wherever you are, bear mace. Uh, and then the other option is obviously, uh, wear a bear costume so that they think you're one of their own and then they'll raise you as one of their own. She says the word yellow to the bear. Tom, Hmm. in your research, as you were reading about bear defenses, was there ever a point where they were like, Hey, this type of bear whisper a color at it that will confuse the bear and the audience and lead to you not being mauled was that in any of the articles you read well i tried to draw the conclusion of the man in yellow from curious george but then i realized curious george is a monkey and not a bear yeah so i thought there was a connection there but close but different yeah, yeah it didn't it didn't really pan out so yeah i don't i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say this part was weird okay good i i like that what about what about during your research um did it say about when a bear talks to you and says something like Well, the bear's show lips him. weren't moving. Oh, I'm this sorry. Was like... When it's a telekinetic bear that says <laughs> you, show him. What what did it say in the articles about that? Uh it didn't say anything specific. Um I, I mean from past episodes, my thought is there's some sort of human soul in this bear, maybe, right? that's like communicating with her or is it just her psychosis like i don't know because this is seemingly is it the bear telling when it says show him who's the him in this who do you think that is uh i believe the him and this was actually barrett helped me understand this i believe the him is billy because that's who she shows the void next to right it's billy that would be my thought too and billy bear I, i don't 
I don't know. Maybe this is the soul of uh, Wayne Tillerson is in this bear, telling him to show him, show Billy. Does she know that Billy is set to inherit the land? No. Because uh, to me, a lot of what's happening in this episode is like she's getting closer to Billy and is like being chums with him and showing him the hole and doing all this stuff because maybe she does know in some way because of her relationship with time that Billy is like the key and if Billy takes over all the land, she needs to be close to Billy to be close to the minerals and the time travel and whatever else is going on. I think you're complicating it. She was at the memorial (laughs) service. She heard him sing. And the first thing she did, (laughs) she walked over and she said, she said that was a lovely song. I think she just like the rest of us acknowledges Billy's talent as a vocalist. (laughs) And that's, and that's what's happening here. She's like, this guy sings really well. I'm going to show him this weird hole in the ground because that bear told me to. Like that's just what we do. Okay. I think that's what I think that's uh I think that's what it is, you know? I appreciate can we, it. Can we well, quickly, can we at least agree that they maybe should have put a little bit more money into the uh, bear CGI budget? Well, Not what fantastic. I was going to say before you so rudely <laughs> interrupted me was I appreciated that the show wasn't afraid to go to a weird animated uh, portion of it where the bear looks like a computerized <laughs> like Pixar bear uh, while she's staring Might as well have been the bear from the after party. That's, the mama bear. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. There you go. I was reading a, a, a review of this episode after kind of doing the outline, and it was a funny line from there that said... Uh, uh, like then the CGI bear leaves for some reason, along with most of the show's viewership, which I'm like, ooh, <laughs> oh, burn, random, <laughs> kind of harsh, but oh, I could see. That. I mean, we've come this far clearly, and we're recording podcasts, so we can't check out now. But uh, this was a goofy, goofy sequence. Listen, we call this mission creep. We did the first episode of this show, and then <laughs> we should have. We should have pulled out. We should have signed peace treaties. We should have, you know, sanctioned economically. Nope. We did a troop search, and then we kept troop surging, and now we're at episode six. So here we are. Mission creep, baby. Speaking of mission creep, we're at Maria's house. Uh, Rhett very nicely shows up with a bouquet of flowers. They're beautiful flowers. Her flowers. Whose flowers? flowers? They're her flowers from her yard. yard. That was such a great moment. (laughs) Oh, these two, these two should just get married. But Marie doesn't want to get married. She says to Rhett, she says, listen, I like you. I want to be with you, but I don't want to stay here. I don't Mm want to stay here. And this has to be like the, um, like it's just mirroring the Perry Rebecca relationship, right? Like we don't know why Rebecca left, like what was the actual catalyst, but we know they argued a lot because she did not want to live here in Wyoming anymore. And seemingly that family is just so tight that they will not leave because they have a ranch and they feel like they have a duty to their parents and everything, which I think is fair and understandable. And Marie even calls that out. Like, I understand you're always going to be here for your family, but like, I don't, I don't want to be here. So I thought that was kind of interesting how they're playing on the different dynamics with the brothers. I I didn't make that connection, but that's a wonderful connection. Um, it's got to be difficult as like a son with the legacy of that type of ranch and everything to mm-hmm. move away. But Rhett seems willing to do it for Maria. Yeah. Um, and this is where I feel like it's the right moment for me to just put this out publicly. If you're listening to this podcast and you have upwards of 
500 acres of land that you own and you have children that don't want to inherit it, you can reach me at teambingepodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. I will, at my mid-30s, uh, I will be adopted. I'm willing to be adopted for no less than 500 acres. That's, that is my <laughs> limit. Um, but please, if you, uh, if you have them and you have an unruly child that doesn't want to inherit uh i'll come to wherever you live and live on the five will you will you ride bulls um following your stepdad's legacy i feel like the just the way my neck and back twinged when you suggested it (laughs) that my body's not up for it but my heart is and for 500 acres i'd let a bull maul me for 500 acres sure i mean i'm not going eight seconds on that bull and i'll cry afterwards but I'd give it a go. Something tells me you're on the Tillerson Ranch, and you were the one that was gored by the bull. Yeah. And you were just waiting yes. there for, for hours on end. I was like, Wayne, <laughs> give me my inheritance. And uh, he <laughs> let me die on the bull. Um, she then asks Rhett, she's like, hey, uh, also tell me about the murder. Were you involved? Mm-hmm. Was it you? Was it Perry? Rhett. Much like his dad. Just a great liar, man. Just, like, doesn't even... Wasn't Perry. Has nothing to do with Perry. Has nothing to do with me. They just keep covering up for this murderous Perry's lies. And... I don't know if he's quite as good of a liar. He's, like, staring at the sky while he's saying this. He's like, it wasn't me. It wasn't Perry. He's looking away. He's not making that, like, good, like, deadpan eye contact that you need to be a good liar. Sure. But, I mean, I don't know. Do you blame him? Like... She's already stitched on him once, right? Like, no, 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 no. I think his move is. I think his move is the right one. Listen, yeah. You, no one ever knows you're truly guilty until you admit it. Like, all the evidence against you. If you go to the electric chair saying it wasn't me, there's always that glimmer of of like that little bit of well, maybe he was innocent. It's until you admit guilt. So once again, you and I have been on record. If you murder someone, never admit to it. Never admit to it. Um, especially on a podcast. Especially on a podcast. Uh, what I thought was funny is, uh, Rhett, you know, she go, She clearly thinks he's lying. She goes, well, if you're going to lie about this, what else are you going to lie about? And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. On a scale of lying, lying about murder is one that's kind of like, well, you know, he lied about murder, but that doesn't necessarily he's going to like lie about, like, hey, I took the garbage out. Like, that's not, I don't... <laughs> Like, I feel like in terms of, like, lies that are, like, justified and necessary, lying for your brother about a murder, uh, that one's kind of forgivable as opposed to, you know, some of the lesser ones. But she's like, well, if you're going to lie about covering for your brother for murder, then you're probably going to lie about, you know, X, Y, and Z. So... I, well, I think really she specific, she said like then I don't know who you are. I think that was her line. Not necessarily that he would continue to lie about other things. I he's, think he's a I think from her perspective she just murderer. feels that's it. That's who he is. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Yeah, I mean I don't know. Like I, I think they've known each other long enough that she can clearly pick up on the fact that he is lying and if he can't admit it to her, like then they can't have a, a meaningful relationship. And and you could see it, like the way she starts this conversation, like she does want to be with, with Red here. Um, but it's just it's seemingly not in the cards. It is not in the cards. It's not in the full house that Royal got from that buffalo. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We then <laughs> cut to the Tillerson house, and it's Luke and Patricia talking. I gotta be honest, my mind wandered in and out during these conversations between <laughs> these two, because I just don't care. Um, <laughs> Wayne is on his way out, it seems. You know, he lived a good life. I'll, I'll go to his memorial as long as I get 500 acres. Um, they do a will reading over the phone, and we find out that all of his stuff, all 500 acres plus, is going to who, Tom? It's going to Billy, plus those 200 dead owls on that wall. Everything oh, to Billy. Billy's going to make those owls into a jacket, guaranteed. <laughs> um, they seem upset. Uh, I guess it's justified, understandably. They thought, <laughs> uh, Luke seems like he's a pretty good, you know, older son. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure the memorial service while Billy was singing. Luke was like, man, as soon as I inherit all this, I'm kicking that guy off of the land. But now it's going to be Billy's land. And then we cut to tension in Sheriff Joy's house. And Can I real quick before you jump on? Yeah, yeah. What what do you think uh, Wayne's reasoning is here? Like, why, why would he seemingly be vindictive to... Like, we've already seen interactions where Wayne seems to have a better relationship with Luke and understands that Luke would be probably a better, like, person to run the ranch. Like, why why do you think he's giving it all to Billy? Well, I think that he... I have no idea. He's out of his mind. Uh, I don't know. The, <laughs> he the is out of his mind, that's true. one thing I was going to suggest is, like, maybe he couldn't decide between Luke and Trevor, and he's like, oh, I'll just give it to Billy. And then, you know, those two would take take care of Billy. You know, maybe he thinks Luke and Trevor will be fine in the world, like on their own. But Billy, Mm -hmm. you know, needs some assistance. And so (laughs) here's a million acres and a lot of money. I don't know. Um, That or it's like one last last, uh, middle finger to the rest of the family. Like, hey, I know this is going to cause turmoil, but I'm dead, so I don't care. You know, here it is. (laughs) I can see that for Patricia. It doesn't really seem so with Luke. Like, it seemed like they had, I don't know, like they definitely argued in earlier scenes, but it just seemed odd that he would give everything to Billy. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um, maybe, listen, maybe he's giving it to Billy. His assumption is that Luke or Trevor, because Trevor would have still been alive when he did the will. Maybe he's assuming, hey, the best man will murder Billy and take over. <laughs> like, that's, you know, it's a competition. I don't know. Um... <laughs> We go to the Joy House. Martha explains very justifiably that she felt like a puppet. She felt humiliated. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Joy's justification is, I need those church people for my campaign. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is all interesting. And I think the whole, the, like, the point of this um, is to, like, show the amount of I guess, stress that Sheriff Joy is on, like between the investigation, between the campaign, between the Mm -hmm. election, and then the family stuff on top of that. um, Mm -hmm. That all is just adding to it. So, Yeah, um, I think so as well. 
then we cut back to the Tillerson family. Uh, Patricia's leaving. And um, I think this is where she kisses Luke. And it is. It is a mouth kiss. And there are some sparks. And a lot of chemistry. And I was bothered by it on numerous levels. Um, so I'd like to just kind of move on from it. But I would like it. Yeah, noted. not not necessarily not necessarily my thing. Kissing on the mouth for direct family members, but they teach teach their own. No friends, only friends, and maybe spouses. Those are the only people you kiss on the mouth. Um, okay. And random strangers, with their permission, you have to ask. <laughs> Can I kiss okay. you on the mouth? And here is my subway token. Um, <laughs> Patricia doesn't like Billy. Patricia is um, Lucille with Job. She's like, I love all my children. <laughs> yeah. I don't care for Job. That's <laughs> Patricia with Billy. I love all my children. I don't care for Billy. Well, yeah. she makes that line. She's like, he's not capable. And then she like, like when Billy comes in and gives her like a big hug, she makes that like, she, I don't know. It's like a throwaway joke where she says, t- tells Luke that she's, that Luke is five and Billy is two. Like, I don't know, like, still calling them kids or something, but saying mm-hmm. Billy is more childish. It was just, it was kind of a weird, weird line. Right. But right. yeah, I'm with you. Clearly, she thinks less of, of Billy. She then hops on the rich person copter because um, she's flying to, I believe, Aspen. Um, mm-hmm. My wife was then like, I don't know if you fly helicopters from Wyoming to Aspen. And then I got on Google Maps and it's like 400 <laughs> miles. Although this town is not a real town, so we like roughly estimated, and most helicopters, their range is like 250. So then my thought is she's probably flying the helicopter to a private plane, which is then flying her to Aspen, where she's then that makes more sense. A helicopter or a private car. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, these are the things that I think about when I'm not thinking about <laughs> bears talking with their brains and <laughs> voids in west pastures. Um, Billy, when does Billy show up in like Luke's field of view uh, and he's all cami painted out and he just like appears next to his face? Like, uh, unless I'm imagining that scene, I got a good chuckle out of that because Billy's going. No, he says like he's, yeah, he's going to get a, he's going hunting for dad. Like he said he wanted to get an elk for dad. So again, I don't know if it's more, he needs to take another animal's soul and do something. I don't know what the reason is to get it for Maybe his he just dad, needs meat, but... Tom. Maybe he just needs meat. <laughs> yeah, they're low. They're low they're running at the out of Ranch. They only run off wild game. Um, this is one of those things where, you know, on YouTube where it's like, we got the professional so-and-so to watch this scene from this and, like, critique it. Um, mm-hmm. I would love uh, someone who actually bow hunts to take a shot at this Billy scene where he's hunting <laughs> yeah. elk. Uh, his face paint's incredible. It looks like yeah, the three he tried lines. to do cat, whis- <laughs> cat whiskers, uh, which he got wrong because he's Billy. Um, but he's out there doing his thing. And then he runs into Autumn. And maybe it was the booze. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but this got real trippy real fast. And I was like... Mm-hmm. I was already struggling to hold on because I was real focused on the elk hunting they weren't showing me. Um, and then Autumn starts telling a story about a wandering astronomer. 
and the punchline is like, how do you expect to know what's in the heavens if you can't see what's at your feet? Uh, and that's they do kind of a quick cut of them both at the void. But there's like a weird, I don't know to make of it. It's like a color saturation going on with the cinematography where it's like pink or orange. And I don't know what that's like trying to tell us. Like they're in a dream state or something, but I don't know. Like it's, it was an odd, odd sequence. Um, and this is again, just kind of what made me think about potentially autumn's knowledge of billy like why specific to show billy if it was she just thought it was fate or destiny or whatever to see this guy in the woods and like hey i gotta show somebody else do you think the same guy that did all the hidden gems in after party got on this show (laughs) and when we're all done it's going to be revealed (laughs) why all the weird stuff happened yeah i'm with you i i i i gotta be honest i didn't try to i didn't try to figure it out i was just like all right the show went weird Let's get through this part. Um, and get the, to the-, the only thing I can make of with this sequence is just like the idea of like if you just keep staring at the stars and not like looking at what's in front of you and like I I, I, I don't know exactly what they're trying to get at here, but uh, I mean clearly they're trying to draw some kind of correlation. So I think this this episode even ends with like them panning kind of up at the stars and then kind of coming back down. And I'm assuming it had something to do with this sequence and there's some sort of correlation or symbology there, but a little too highbrow for Tom. Do you think it's like the idea being we constantly are looking to like space and that one old astronaut's always trying to get us to go to Mars, but Autumn knows Buzz Lightyear? Yeah, Buzz Lightyear, Mr. Lightyear, um, General Light- Admiral Lightyear. Um, sorry, he's a Space Force guy. Um, space Ranger. Space, sure. Um, my train of thought was this. She knows about the mineral, which is in the ground under our feet, and it can do amazing things. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're spending time studying the wrong thing, I guess, is what mm-hmm. she's getting okay. at. But I guess this also comes to the fact of, like, Billy kind of sees the void because she makes him see it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so I think you made comments about whether or not people other than Royal can actually see the void. Like, when he shows up two years later, she's like, run, Mm -hmm. not jump. Um, You specifically brought those things up. So does this speak to, like, Billy would have missed the void, but she brought him there. Like she can see it, Royal can see it, and all of a sudden Billy can mm-hmm. see it. And is this the? I mean, this is the big bear, big Bobby Bear showing him, showing the <laughs> void, right? Yeah, I think it's still it's still feasible. Like you have to you have to know of it, or you have to be drawn to it in some form or fashion. And if you're not drawn to it specifically by one of these people, then you just wouldn't stumble across it, or I guess that, that that question is, if you are standing across, like, right over it, would you see it if you're just some random person? Because there, there just seems to be a lot of, like, forces at play here that we don't understand that are bringing people either to or away from this, this void. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this show's never going to explain it to us, but <laughs> that's just me being a super optimistic guy. Uh, speaking of optimistic guys, Carl Cleaver is driving down the road, uh, happily drinking, I'm assuming, a grape energy drink. I don't know. Um, and, oh, oh, you've got a note here. It was a grape soda? Is that what he, is that what grape he had? Grape soda. That All was right. 
he had that in his office when he's eating Fritos, and there was Fritos on the ground of his car while he picks up this grape soda. Oh, Carl into <laughs> Buffalo. Carl is buffaloed. Carl is murdered <laughs> by a buffalo. Those are the notes that I wrote once again. Did he hit know. the buffalo, though? He he screams, tires screech. I'm assuming he did get in some sort of uh, bad accident. I don't know if he hit the buffalo. My assumption is the buffalo is still alive and kicking because nothing can kill this buffalo. Yeah, no, no, no. The buffalo's not dead. Carl is dead. Um, think so? The question is... Do you think he's actually dead, or do you think it's just... Like, this buffalo keeps showing up at inoppor- or not inopportune times, but, like, at specific times and places to delay, right? Make us, like, he has weird. to be delaying the... Well, yeah, it's weird. Confuse but is us. he... Like, the buffalo is, like, delaying the um, proceedings and stuff that are going on. Like, we already have Wayne in his state right now, and they can't move forward with the land dispute or whatever. Um, but is this, like, the soul of somebody of royal of i don't know what trying to stop this hearing from happening or whatever i don't know what the buffalo is i went on record earlier (laughs) in this podcast i have no idea what's (laughs) happening with these animals um i'm gonna go out on a limb and say the buffalo didn't kill carl uh but carl's uh will fritos killed carl (laughs) we'll just say uh he had a uh, massive uh, heart attack and he didn't make possibly. it god rest carl very his, possible his picture is going to be in the back of church uh <laughs> next sunday um i look forward to his memorial i hope billy sings abbott kitchen royal amy chatting they're wondering where cc is and mm-hmm. where is cc cc is with brother bear dead brother bear <laughs> in a shack in the woods and she does what a normal person does she shoves her hand inside brother bear's mouth and she squeezes brother bear's jaws closed and makes the bear bite her and that wasn't weird at all tom you've got a long theory and long explanation as to why this wasn't strange or weird i give you the floor what yeah all right moving on yeah royal shows up royal's (laughs) like hey cc everything okay and then he tells a story about them getting lost on their way to jubilee days or day i don't know if it's you ever heard of this before i asked my wife about it and she said it's like you know like a small town fair that people would have um but i was unaware of it yeah i kind of looked this up like jubilee days is yeah it's like a festival um apparently like in laramie wyoming it's also known as like wyoming's hometown celebration started back in 1980 or 1940s as just like a horse race and now it just kind of became an annual event of rodeos and kids horse shows what i did like about when i was doing this research i found out that it was sponsored by ram trucks and the prca which everybody knows stands for the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association. Association. Uh, mm-hmm. Specifically, the Mountain States Circuit of uh, Rodeo and Bull Riding. So sure. uh, it's good to know that's potentially what uh, Red is a part of, the Mountain sure. States Circuit. That's where his pension's going to come from when he retires from rodeoing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for all of that. Uh, that story... Uh, <laughs> helps us understand this story which is that cc got them to the right place and that royal would be lost without her 
and she's like, listen, I just need to be alone so that this dead bear can eat the rest of my hand. So please go away. <laughs> and then Royal leaves. And once again, we're left with no more answers than what we came to the dead bear shack with. Um, yeah, cut- this is this is Royal like reaching out to her, I guess, to to a certain extent, just saying like I'll be lost without you. It's a God's honest truth. Like you are my North Star, kind of thing. And I think it's incredibly sincere and true. But like none of this, none of this justifies any way Royal has been treating his wife and not opening up and not telling her the truth. So and like there's a little bit of look later, I think, when they eventually like sit down for dinner. Um, yeah, and like CC kind of sees Royal, and they kind of have like a little head nod and um, acknowledgement of like, "Hey, I get it. I'm go- we're both going through a lot and whatever." But they're still not talking it out, which is, you know, communication pretty pretty important thing. Pretty important thing in relationships. <laughs> Here's um, what how this should have gone. He would be like, "Listen, listen, baby, I'd be lost without you." <laughs> and then CC's like, "Hey, how'd the body get on the hillside?" And Royal be like. <laughs> I gotta go, so have a good one in Dead Bear Cabin, and then he'd leave. Like that's all she's got to do is be like, "Hey, remember all the times you weren't telling the truth? Let's talk about that." And Royal would get scarce mm-hmm. real quick. Um, speaking of dead bears, we go to Tillerson's house. Wayne's lying in bed, clutching his uh, magic stone. Billy comes in and tells him he was right about the West Pasture. Uh, and then he goes, yoink, and he takes the magic rock out of his hand. <laughs> does he, does, did like Autumn tell him about the rod magic rock? Did he take this for a reason? Um, yes, he took it for a reason, Tom. If okay. you're asking me if the show told us what the reason was or what's okay. happening, my answer is no, it did not. <laughs> okay. Because, like, Wayne's hand kind of, like, twitches once the rock is, like, no longer in his possession. And he, like, seemingly shows, like, signs of life. Like, he starts, like, his eyes start moving and he seems, like, making some, like, noises and everything. So, I'm still interested to know if this rock is causing him, like, this ailness or if it's helping him. Like, maybe because when the rock went away, now he's showing signs of life. He's maybe going to get better. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was trying to show us that like he was so connected to the rock to have it leave he him. Needs it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he desired like to have him. it close. But uh, I also would not have been surprised had he just died uh, after Billy took the <laughs> right rock. Right there. Um, so yeah, once again, I don't know. But what I do know is Autumn <laughs> discovers uh, the smell of gasoline and burnt tent as she. Uh, rolls up on what used to be her camp. We then see her frantically calling someone for money, explaining to that person that their whole job is to answer the phone and send her more money. Then she (laughs) wants medicine that they don't have, so she's got to go with the generic brand. It's probably better insurance typically. You know, it's typically (laughs) cheaper to go with the generic brand, but Mm -hmm. that's neither here nor there. It's only her brand. Um, It's only um and then she very normally does what we all do when we get upset uh is she cuts the abbott ranch brand on her chest which is also the symbol that was all over the rocks so yeah i mean not much to explain there, right <laughs> i mean yeah yeah i don't 
I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I, all I could say is it was very impressively done. Uh, like, trying to make a circle on paper is difficult, let alone trying to carve it with a knife on your chest. Very impressively done. Um, and, you know, if she really needed this, you know, emblem on her, tattoo, maybe. I don't know. Sure. Seemed like maybe a better, safer safer route, less less chance for infection. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I don't, like, it's almost like she lost... She lost all of her papers and her art and everything else she was doing, like constantly obsessing over this. Mm. There's just they've just given us nothing to say why she would like mutilate herself in this. And we know she's going through a lot because she doesn't have her medication and everything else going on. But it's just I feel like this this sequence is just weird for the sake of being weird and doesn't have anything to say. Well, they were like, oh, she lost her diary, which we've shown you because she obsessively draws the symbol on. And they're like, well, Mm -hmm. if the audience can't see that she still does that in her diary, how else are we going to show that she's obsessed with (laughs) said brand? And then the people were like, oh, let's just have her carve it on her chest. And they were like, yeah, that's good. Uh, And then the cocaine (laughs) ran out. Um, (laughs) We're at dinner. And no, we're at the diner. A diner, yeah. Yeah, we're at the diner. (laughs) I assumed I spelled it wrong, but I actually spelled it right, and I know where we're at. So that's something. (laughs) Autumn meets with Perry. Uh, Autumn is like, Autumn is pitching. Wait, what did we say? Is is scoring a thousand? thousand. She's kicking a thousand. Thank you (laughs) for reminding me of my own bad joke. Um, Yeah, so she's kicking a thousand while she talks with Perry. She lets him know that Royal tried to kill her. She assumes that Royal's the one that killed Trevor because she watched him throw her, throw him in the hole. But like, this seems mm-hmm. like really late in the game for her to like come forward and be like, you know, eight days ago I saw Royal throw the body in the hole. He's the killer. Because like, as the sheriff, wouldn't you be like, why didn't you tell us this? eight days ago like why didn't you report it i don't know i just Mm -hmm. uh i did appreciate where she was like listen you and i are on the same wavelength and in my mind and on perry's (laughs) face i was like no it's on the same wavelength uh, at all she gives this weird bit about saying that like royal left her for dead but i and she's obviously scared and frightened by it and she says like i was horrified but it was also transcendent and gave me clarity. Um, so this is obviously a big catalyst for her and her journey. And like she needed this to happen for whatever else she's going to do. Um, but I thought it was interesting that she, I don't know, seemingly needed this moment to do whatever she's doing next. Because to your point, she's clearly like just off a rocker in this sequence because she's off her medication. Um, and she needs some sort of... Um, I don't know, like answers to these questions. And she feels that things are starting to clear up for her, even though it couldn't be any less con- or more confusing for the audience. Well, do you think the clarity is that the bear spoke to her? Oh man. I can't believe I just said that <laughs> sentence out loud. Oh. Oh. Cause that's what happens. Essentially. It's like the bears like show him. And like, had she not been thrown off the, had she not been thrown off the quad, gotten concussed, she wouldn't have heard the bear teller show him and then gone and talked to Billy. Um, anyways, yeah. So, I'm sorry I said that sentence. You don't have to answer this. <laughs> uh, she then is like, I'm going to go to the sheriff. I'm going to tell him everything. 
Um, she brings up the body being disposed of, and Perry's like, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 we are on the same wavelength. Be cool, be cool. I'll take <laughs> care of this. I'll take care of this. Um, and then she leaves. She, at one point, is shouting for coffee, and she's, like, shouting at the waiter. I thought it was... Yeah. I was laughing. It was quite funny what she was doing in that diner. Not for the waiter yeah. who was waiting on her, but uh, for me as a viewer watching this insane show. Um, yeah, so then... Well, she ends the sequence by saying, like, this is the new beginning. So, again, I don't think she knows what's going on, but she thinks, like, this is the catalyst for some sort of change or whatever we're going to see in these last two episodes. From your perspective, we get a little sequence of Perry just kind of, once she leaves, him just kind of looking off on the dis- in the distance and kind of thinking. What were you thinking Perry was going to do next? Murder Autumn. <laughs> okay. Murder Autumn, without hesitation. Probably also murder the waiter and everyone else in that <laughs> diner. And get away with it. Because they're like, oh no, he's a good, he's a good man. And he's too much of a sad sack. I thought he was going to murder everyone. <laughs> I was I was kind of thinking the same. Like I thought his plans would be more diabolical as opposed to him just taking a letter to the sheriff's station. Yeah, if you're ever going to confess to a murder, do it in letter writing um, or on a podcast. Those are your two choices. I've got I've got a theory about why he wrote a letter. I want to get to the very very end of this podcast. Oh, wait, the end of the podcast, the end of this episode. And sorry, end of this podcast episode. Okay, great. I think there's a reason why he did a letter and didn't just like stay at the sheriff station and talk to somebody. Got it. Okay. So Perry goes somewhere with a letter, sheriff station. That's what happens. Autumn arrives at her hotel, and Billy is, as one does, in her tub. Um, he has why? not washed How? off his. He has not washed off his candy what? paint. Uh, Why is he there? Like, how does how does he, he know that she's here? She obviously had no idea he was there. Like, this sequence was just weird. Like, it just they needed to get these characters together to have this this scene, which is fine. But him just showing up in the bathtub was just so weird. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Yep. Yes, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everything about it. it. Shows the conversation. Is it death? It's time. It's all of time sitting there waiting for us. Um. <laughs> Autumn's laughing crazily. Things are being weird because the show's weird. But this is this is where we get Autumn thinking that everything is is becoming clear for her. Like all these patterns are moving towards something good for her. Sure. And to your point, that's where she gives this evil, like you know, maniacal laugh. Listen, if Autumn's the only person that knows what's happening right now, then I don't feel bad about not knowing because <laughs> I'm sane. And she is <laughs> laughing like a crazy person. Um, we're at normal dinner. Normat Ab- normal Abbott House dinner. Um, <laughs> Cece gives Royal the classic approving nod, so that relationship's been fixed. Uh, clearly, there's no long-term rift or issue that's going to come yep. out of that. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're buds again. Uh, they even high five under the table. I think um, <laughs> Perry shows up, but he lets the family know that he confessed. Everyone gets mad for some reason. Everyone gets like <laughs> violently mad. They're like, "You, Rhett says some mean things about like the reason his wife left. Um, a fight ensues. Uh, Perry lets us know he did it for Royal because Autumn saw him with the body." Uh, mm-hmm. Perry also encourages 
uh, Rhett to stab him in the stomach with a kitchen knife. And uh, the show is so dark that it's difficult to see who's holding who and who's punching who. <laughs> not literal. It's literal dark, not like dark in. Uh, no, the subject matter is pretty light, theme. but the scene, <laughs> very dark. We watched this in a pitch dark. I'm honestly, I'm back to that reviewer. Like, he was not wrong. We were watching this in a pitch dark house, and I was like, this is really like. There are certain scenes that are so dark. You're like, how am I? Is my TV on? Anyways, (laughs) let's not cut away from the terrible things that are happening in the kitchen. Uh, Because the worst thing that happens happens is Amy like gets hurt and then she runs outside to cry. Yeah, some like glass that cracked on the thing. I think was when Royal like grabbed uh, was it Perry? I think he grabbed Perry and I kind of threw him aside or whatever. Um, this is where we get that weird pan where Amy goes outside. She starts kind of crying. We see some like, you know, police lights in the background, but it pans up slowly to the stars. And like my first watching of this, I'm like, oh, okay, it's going to jump time. It's going to do some cool like time thing. Like it's going to pan to the stars, come back down to the Royal house or the Abbott house. And it's going to be something completely different, but nope. They just went up to the stars for five seconds, came back down. Still Amy sitting there crying. Like, seemingly nothing kind of came of it other than potentially referencing that, you know, wandering astronomer earlier on in the episode. Sure. Um, but this this takes me to my potential theory, and obviously we'll find out here very quickly in the next episode. You only see one single car coming, and it's, and it's I think, kind of odd if there was a letter at the police station or the sheriff's station that said, hey, uh, I murdered somebody. Uh, there likely wouldn't be a single sheriff coming. Even when Sheriff went, uh, Sheriff Joy came to the ranch to go find Trevor's body, there were at least, I think, two or three uh, police vehicles that were there. So it would seem odd that it would only be one person going. My thought would be maybe Joy got the letter, she's read it, and now she's going to the house alone because she knows that you, even with the confession, there's there's still that weird evidence and stuff that maybe won't be pushed to trial so she's just going there herself to confront the family okay is is my initial thought yeah no i like that i wasn't really paying attention to the amount of cars coming but i i do like that and it would make sense that he would write it straight to her because she's the one he lied to and he's also she's also mm-hmm. the one he has the relationship with because she has helped with um his wife's disappearance but no that's good yeah so i'm assuming sheriff joy will get there and they'll throw her in the hole um, <laughs> I don't want that to happen, but that's kind of their only play here. Um, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of questions, not a lot of answers. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be on episode seven, uh, which I'm going to say it's going to, <laughs> I don't know. You think they're going to give us an, anything in episode seven or is this an episode eight, uh, like, Uh, episode seven is titled the unknown so my hope is we would get more of seemingly the unknown like i feel like in a penultimate episode you need to be able to set up what you're trying to do or answer in your finality so usually these are really fun episodes um to be able to kind of establish what you want to do in that final sequence so i'm hopeful we get some answers again i know the show is not going to answer everything clearly uh, but i hope we get enough answers to feel satisfied going into the finale and we'll we'll see what they end up doing but i'm with you that the show's gone a little bit off the rails i'm still having fun with it because of the acting and some of the storytelling that's going on um but uh 
we, we've gone this far. We're going to send more troops. We need more people to podcast this with us, and we're going to get through this. Yep, we're going to send a budget to Congress. Uh, we're going to need about $3 trillion <laughs> so that we can buy rockets and tanks um, and flamethrowers because we have to finish the outer range. Um, well, flamethrowers because we need to uh, burn down Anum's uh, next camp. That's fair. That's fair. Um, you'll see my mission accomplished banner is flying behind me already. All right. Well, thank you for going on this journey with us, Tom. Thank you for going on this journey with me. Uh, and pointing mm-hmm. out all of the stuff that doesn't make any sense. Thank you for teaching me about bears. Uh, now mm-hmm. I have another yeah. thing to be afraid of. So <laughs> if you have theories, uh, and we have gotten some emails on theories, we appreciate your... Uh, I do appreciate people that send us questions, because it's like, we don't know. <laughs> uh, your guess is as good as ours, guys. Uh, so, uh, but we appreciate the questions, we appreciate the theories. Um and take those questions, take those questions you have, uh, write them down, put them on like a little note, take that note and go throw it in the void. <laughs> because that's how you get your answer. I'm, You'll get uh, just as much help. Tom, I'm very excited for the recap episode uh, when we're done with this, <laughs> where we get to do trivia. Trivia. All my trivia <laughs> questions are just going to be like, Tom, what's the void? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what's the meaning of life? What's the meaning of life? Anyways, all right. You can add us at Team Binge on... Twitter, right? And then Twitter, Instagram, us. absolutely. Uh, other thing I would like to mention is it sounds like the third season of Lasso is coming out uh, at least mm-hmm. by the end of this year. So that'll be a good time. I think they're wrapping shooting on that. There's been the rumors, too, that uh, they may end it at season three. Because I know they we talked initially that there was only planned on doing three, but you thought they might do more just because it's a cash cow. But uh, that's still the, the budding rumor that they may end with this last season. I would think that most of the people on that show have gotten so famous that they are going to have other projects they want to work on. But um, yeah. if they keep going, that's fine. I mean, first season was good. Second season was incredible. I can only assume that the third season is going <laughs> to blow all those seasons out of the water. Anyways. Yeah, and that's just another plug. So if you have, if you want to listen to our back catalog, if you're listening to us for the first time watching this, go check it out. We've done uh, Ted Lasso and also The After Party and a handful of movies that have kind of tie-ins to Lasso. So uh, yeah, feel free to check out some of our old stuff. All right. Well, I've been Julian. And I have been Cowboy Tom. Thank have you a great all one, for everybody. joining us.